And if you're looking at um, a capitalization rate formula, and that's just basically the net income divided by purchase price, which equals the cap rate, it's a single or double digit number. The lower the number, the better for the seller, the higher number, better for the buyer. So we look at an eight cap to 10 cap property. And the fastest way to turn an eight cap to a 10 cap is to lower the purchase price. So you just do a low ball. Welcome to the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show, a community for real estate investors to learn, network, and grow. Be sure to join the InvestNest.com and start learning and earning today. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Travis Murphy, your host of the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show, and you're listening to podcast number 21. We've got another great invest guest joining us in just a minute, Terry Hale. Uh, he's a high energy, very enthusiastic guy. It's a really fun show. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. He's an active investor. He's a real estate trainer. Um, he's CEO of a private uh, commercial real estate firm. And we get into uh, multifamily, self-storage, and even a little surfing. So really fun show. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody to hit the subscribe button. And if you've been enjoying the podcast so far, please leave us a review and rating. That really helps us out. The Invest Nest podcast is a weekly release, so every week we have a guest join us to discuss all things real estate. And uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. And if you haven't done so already, go check out theinvestnest.com. Create your free investor profile and you can start networking with the other members on the site and check out our articles and blogs. And if you are a real estate blogger yourself, you can even create your own uh, blogs and post them there as well. All right, and now let's get on with the show. All right, and now I'm gonna welcome Terry Hale to the, to the show. Terry, welcome. Hey man, thanks for having me, how you doing? Good, good, absolutely, it's, it's a pleasure. Uh, thank you for joining me. How you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Things are, things are happening here in the office and I'm um, super excited to, uh, to, to share some, uh, some backstory and then some information with, uh, with your listeners, man. So awesome. it's good stuff. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's just dive right in. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is it that you, uh, what is it that you do? So um, what I do, I, I actually do commercial real estate and, um, you know, a lot of people, when they, they hear the word commercial, they may think it's big and scary, but it's really not. Um, I, I deal with properties that are both multifamily and self-storage, but I deal with the mom and pops that are, uh, that are in a situation where they need some help. And uh, what I provide are strategies and techniques that uh, allow me to be able to leverage and get in and basically take paper from one side of the table, move it to the other side of the table, not have to fly around on airplanes and go visit commercial property, but actually do things behind the scenes from my, my, my internet and my phone here and be able to, uh, to make hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars doing what I do. Awesome. So you, you're kind of the guy behind the curtain that's pulling all the strings and pulling all this, the pieces together, I guess, to make the deal work. Is that, does that sound right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's just basically, um, you know, creating relationships with, uh, with brokers that represent these sellers that have these underperforming assets. And um, we recognize this by both um, having them put the message out to the marketplace. So we find it both online and offline. And once we recognize an opportunity, we jump on it. And, you, and you're mostly going after underperforming properties, maybe that are mis mismanaged or, you know, the finance, financials aren't quite where they should be. You know, you'd be surprised, man. When you, a lot of times you look at these, these numbers and you're like, wow, the books are cooked, as they say back in the day, you know. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, they, they don't have their expenses itemized properly. Um, and um, the big picture is they, they actually don't qualify for bank financing. Yeah. So that's an awesome opportunity for us to ask, hey, you know, take the lowball offer or become a bank and, and, and let's wrap the note and do some seller financing. Yeah. So real quick, I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole on this specific topic, but that just caught my attention there because I have seen what you're talking about, you know, um, when you don't have a nice clean offering memorandum and you've just got the mom and pop operation and what they send you as far as their financials go, you know, it, it would never qualify from, from the bank standpoint, if you're going for like a non-recourse loan. So you, it sounds like you recognize that as an opportunity though. Are you able to take these properties down cash or how do you, how would you fund something like that if it's not qualifying or do you go in and work with the seller to clean up their financials so it's presentable to the bank? You know, that sounds like a good strategy, um, you know, in hindsight, to, you know, get in there and, and help them in that regard. But these people at that point, there's a reason why they're, they're distressed and why those books are cooked. Like they're out of gas, like, you know, they're out of the chutzpah. They don't have any energy to put into it. Sometimes it's a thorn, you know, right in their, right in their rear end and they don't want the deal. And that's what we recognize is it always comes down to the story. You know, the reasons why these folks are actually distressed. And most of the time, especially with self-storage, it sounds like a great cash cow, but the average person that gets into self-storage, they don't know how to modernize and automate the process and use third-party management, marketing collections, yada, yada. And it just becomes one of these things where they're on the phone, even with multifamily, they're on the phone, they're listening to the crocodile tears, and they just don't want to deal with it anymore. So instead of actually working with them to fix those financials, to make it uh, uh, beneficial for them and for us to go get bank financing, instead, we, we pounce on that opportunity and say, you know what, here's how much you owe. Here's what the as is value is. Here's what, it, here's dollar per door, you know, net income, uh, dollar per square foot. Like we have our certain metrics and our tactics that we use to recognize, okay, is this a deal for us to buy? And then we can go ahead and put an actual, um, an acquisition together, meaning a purchase price, or like I said, leverage and have them become the bank and wrap the note. Right. Okay. So you get creative and whatever works for the scenario is what you end up doing. Every scenario is different. Yeah. So we're going really fast. And, and to your point about backstory, I want to get into your backstory in just a minute. But first, tell me a little bit about self-storage. What's going on in that market? Is, uh, is it already getting crowded? Is there still opportunity there? What can you tell us about self-storage? Yeah, man. So there's tons of opportunity with self-storage investing. There are some folks out there besides myself that are actually speaking about it, training on the topic. Obviously there's people doing it. You got storage brokers of America, you got all these, you know, real estate investment clubs that just, you know, talk about that particular topic. But let's just talk statistics for a sec. So they say that there's over 50,000 self-storage, not corporate conglomerates, but self-storage independent owners across the nation, 50,000. Let's get that number straight. And 85% of those are owned by mom and pop. I mean, just myself, I'm out here in Malibu, California, and uh, recently I traveled up, up north to, uh, to Napa, which is Northern California, and um, my, my son wanted to go, you know, uh, uh, you know by, uh, by the beach, he wanted to go berry picking and stuff, so he's seven years old, you know, so we go off the beaten path. Next thing I know, I'm looking, and I never even realized that how many storage facilities are just sitting there, and I must have seen at least a half a dozen storage facilities that are not named anything they don't even have a website and that's what i've really found in my career 
um, doing this for the last 25 years. And I've been in the self-storage industry before most people have. And a lot of these gurus, they, they've actually talked on my stage when they started out and now they're these, you know, big, big wigs. But I'm, I showed you, I showed you around a bit, Travis. I walked around my office and I mean, I can show you, I got storage facilities on my walls um, throughout my office of deals that I've done. And I've done, you know, over 6,000 doors. So there's something to be said for that. They're the lowest on the risk scale. So statistics show the only thing that's less risky than self-storage is data centers. You know, those are those, those mm -hmm. boxes that just house data, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you really don't have the people that are in there. So it's all about a box and who's occupying that box and if they're going to be problematic. And that, I, I love multifamily, don't get me wrong. I think it's great. There's a lot of great trainers and speakers out there talking about it. But in my world, I also own multifamily. And my experience here with, with COVID-19 and the political flandango and everything that's happening, 50 yeah. million people are underemployed, I'm having people ask for forgiveness. Where with self-storage, you're not looking at like, um, you know, a thousand or two thousand or three thousand dollar more, you know, a, a monthly rent. You're looking at like 30, 50, a hundred dollars. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they don't pay on time, but the great thing is they always catch up because they, they don't want to get rid of their goods. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. I mean? they're, they're, you've got their collateral locked behind the door that they, they don't get unless they make the payment. So got to pay them. <laughs> that's really that's really good stuff. Uh, I want to touch on kind of how you find those deals in a minute, but first let's back up a little bit. And can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into all this stuff? Because you know, all everything you're saying sounds great. I know to our listeners out there, and everybody would love to be able to do it, but not everybody's in that position yet, or in a position to be able to go out and do it yet. You know, tell us how you were able to to get into this industry and and find so much success. Right. So. Um, I was actually, I started off, um, my, my family were, were multiple generations of, of general contractors. So, you know, it was one of those things where I was already into um, real estate in a sense in that regard. But, you know, your listeners and, and, and folks out there, you, you don't have to, you know, be a contractor to start off. And you most certainly don't have to start off in, in the residential business and then graduate to the commercial. That's a misconception. But what I understood quickly was that if you do have a box and you have someone occupying that box, regardless of what they're doing, um, they're, they're actually going to pay you money to occupy that space. Pretty basic. And so that was intriguing to me. So I jumped right in. Um, I did have a, a mentor at that particular time and they took the lion's share of the deal. So I basically made almost, almost zero on the deal, but I had a lesson that came out of it, which was that I could rinse and repeat and start doing things. And then I started doing the business um, for a period of time. And, uh, and then I, I actually hit the ceiling. So I had people that were co-signing for my financing. I had people that were helping me out and putting capital in for my down payments and all that stuff. So I basically was pulling from all different arenas. And then I hit the ceiling anyway. So if you take that route, the conventional route, chances are you're going to hit the ceiling. Because when you hit the ceiling, that means that your debt to income ratio gets rocked. Meaning that you're not having enough income to support debt. So if you go out there and start you know, securing the debt, then you got to have more income. And that's really difficult to juggle. That's a crazy game. So I started doing things non-conventional um, and started leveraging and started, uh, like I said, uh, as, I, as I coined the phrase, moving paper from one side of the table to the next, which is wholesaling. We tie it up for a certain price. There's future value. There's, there's future value add. And we're able to sell that off. Then um, I got recognized just because I was doing business and one person from another person for another person, just that whole connection, that network. 
someone reached out to me and they said, um, Hey, you got to meet this guy. And, uh, and I, I said, okay. And, and so I ended up um, connecting with this, with this gentleman uh, via phone. And this was a while back. I'm talking like 2003. So a little old school. Right. And uh, I ended up jumping on a plane and going out and meeting this, this gentleman. And, um, and when I met him, he brought me into this whole different realm of, of information marketing and showing people exactly what you do. Cause people are already asking me, like, I'm sure they ask you all the time, mm -hmm. what do I do? Like, how can I move forward and build wealth? And that's kind of what this whole thing's about. Like we're sharing and giving back here, even on, on this podcast and, um, long and short, he wanted to jump into commercial and he was inviting me in to build this course back in the day. They had home study courses, right? We called it, we called it, everybody wanted an MBA. And we said MBA and MBA was manuals, books, and audios. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> That's right. And that was the pitch down and dirty, man. That was it. So we're showing <laughs> people how to do it. And, um, and I, I was one of the guys that was there and said, you know what? Yeah, you can make millions. And I did make millions in information marketing products. And I've authored over eight different um, uh, self-published books and I have curriculums of training and all. But one of the things that I really realized is that people need some guidance and some handholding. And so I ended up uh, reverse engineering that. And then I started teaching people what I was doing and start working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And I found that, that that's the best metric because then you can gauge people's success and failures. And so then it wasn't down and dirty anymore. It was actually good business. And now I have a bunch of folks out there that are trained, highly trained, like, like, uh, like they're like ninjas, man. They're out there, they're making it happen. They're finding quality deals. And like I was just showing you before the podcast, I, I got a, a dozen projects on the board and we're, we're closing. I had two closings last week and um, each take was uh, over six figures. And, and that's just what I do. Yeah, this is all, I love the energy. First of all, that was, that was a lot there. I'm going to kind of unpack it real quick, but for our listeners out there, if, if you caught, if you caught what Terry was saying there, when he was getting started, he didn't take a big cut of equity, right? You did what you had to do. You, you made it happen. You, even though, there might have been more opportunity for you to have made more money on that deal. You took less, but what it did was allow you to do your first deal, right? And you wouldn't have been able to do your second or your third deal without that first one. So take that for our listeners out there, take that into consideration. I know you've heard that before, but it really means so much. And then the second thing I like that you did there was you mentioned wholesaling. You're pushing the paper basically. And you know, you took that from where people typically think of house wholesaling and flip, you know, flipping house, uh, you know, getting a house distressed property under contract and then go selling it to an investor. You took that strategy and started to apply it to the commercial side of things. So you were creative and you, you took something that may not be as popular or be being done as often and applied it to a whole different side of the industry that may, may not have been doing it as much. And then the third thing that came of all this was that you were able to, while doing all this stuff, build out your network. So you started meeting more people who spread the word to their networks. And over time, all this is growing to your benefit. And it sounds like at the end of the day, you were able to, after all this stuff throughout your career, pull it into a, a lesson that you can now share with other people and help them maybe do it a little bit easier or in a straighter line than the path that maybe you took. Is that, does that sound about right? That sounds spot on, man. And that's, that's exactly what I do. So when I show people what, what it is that is happening behind the scenes, I wear a couple different hats. And I mean, I'm being straight up about it. I mean, when, when I'm not actually in like training teaching mode, like I'm on the phone and I'm negotiating like, and, and my whole, my whole team that's here in office here in Malibu, 
Like we're, we're here and that's what we do day in and day out. So I got like, like we have online and offline marketing. I have in-house and out of house people that are actually doing acquisitions and it's about connecting the dots. It's about making things happen. And it's, yeah. it's really important. Yeah. Yep. So how do you find time to surf out there, Terry? I mean, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta catch some waves, right? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, I actually was born in, in Santa Monica and, um, and I, I grew up in a place called uh, Plato Ray, uh, which is a beach community um, in South Bay and then Manhattan. Um, and then of course, you know, just being, being that, that guy that was just already into real estate. Um, I bought my first house in my very early twenties on the water um, down, uh, down in Orange County. And uh, then I realized that, uh, you know, there's a lot of money out in Malibu. So um, I ended up uh, coming back out to Malibu. And then from there, I met my wife and we've been together since, uh, since the millennium, uh, since 1999, which is great. And, um, and so it's, it's a good thing, man. She, every, everybody's on the same page. She's from Brooklyn. So she's not the beach person at all whatsoever. So <laughs> there's like this common ground that like, hey, I'm a better person if I do what I do best, which is I'm a waterman. So I do, you know, free diving and surfing and all that good stuff. And I enjoy the nature. So, and you've got to keep that balance, right? You've got to keep that balance between all the work and the effort. And, you know, if, if there's no payoff for you, if you're not enjoying life while you're doing all this stuff, then what's it, what's the point really? So, so that's going to bring me to my next question is, you know, you talked about how many mom and pop self-storage owners there are out there that potentially are, you know, mismanaging their asset. How do you, how do you find these types of properties? I mean, I know with commercial real estate, multifamily, you could go contact local brokers, but all the same people are seeing those. The brokers are sending it to all their buyers on their buyers list. So it, it ultimately becomes very competitive. How are you able to find these, these mom and pop properties where maybe other people aren't seeing them? Right. So there's companies that are out there that will provide you with a list of cell phone numbers of actual property owners. And you can smile and dial, but you're going to get, you're going to hear it all, man. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> Probably most of the, the people that are going to answer the phone, if you ask them, hey, you know, how's it going? You know, my, my boss wanted me to call you, you know, this and that. Like, what, what, you know, how's your property going? And what, where's, your, where's your occupancy? And trying to get to the, to the numbers and trying to figure out, you know, is, could this potentially be a deal? Is it distressed? that's a very a hard task to accomplish and you're going to get a lot of no's. So you have to have like seriously like an iron chest to deal with that. Taking the path of least resistance. Um, I was doing an exercise here in office with, uh, with the gentleman who just walked in, Matt, he's my acquisitions guy. And we were sitting there and we were on the phone, located a property off of uh, Crexy, which is a, um, which is a website. There's like LoopNet, Crexy, selfstorages.com. There's all these different places that you can find these self storage deals. When you're looking and, and locating these properties, we use a certain metric. So right away, we're, we're using a three-pronged metric. The first thing is we're looking at is what the current occupancy is. And if the occupancy is really high, then chances are the property is going to be closer to a retail ask, right? If the property's got a lot of vacancy and it's got a low occupancy rate, then chances are they're going to be just asking for future value, meaning performa. So we can get in there and have that room for negotiation and say, look, we buy as is where is in this current state, in this current condition. That's one prong approach. The second one is dollar per door. And the third is, is dollar per square foot. So we look at what the net rentable square foot is. 
and we typically use around a $20 you know, per square foot, net rentable square foot, and then per door, we're trying to purchase anywhere between two to $5,000 per door. If it's like $8,000 per door for self-storage, you're, you're paying through the nose. Like you're not gonna be able to make real money with there. And if you're looking at um, a capitalization rate formula, and that's just basically the net income divided by purchase price, which equals the cap rate, it's a single or double digit number, the lower the number, the better for the seller, the higher number, better for the buyer. So we look at an eight cap to 10 cap property. And the fastest way to turn an eight cap to a 10 cap is to lower the purchase price. So you just do a low ball. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's, I, I authored a book recently called um, the two best ways to profit from commercial real estate. And the two best ways are one um, is to wholesale, meaning low ball offers. And second is to leverage with seller financing for long-term gain. Yeah. And it's, it's a really, really good way to locate these properties. And um, to second that, um, Travis, we're also finding deals online and offline. So we're, we're locating properties that are online by building relationships with these brokers, dangling the care to future business saying, look, we're going to get in, reposition this thing, and we're going to put it back to the market, let you double dip. And at that point, when you resell it and trade it at market cap, you're going to make even more money. So all right. of a sudden they become our ally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our ally now we're all pumped up and want to want to sell it because they, they're salespeople, just like you and I. Everyone's a salesperson, really. We yeah. sell ourselves on reasons to do things and not to do things. So in, in, in reality, we truly are all salespeople and we need to make sure that 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 broker, if we're dealing direct with the broker, negotiations are always made with sellers, not with brokers. But if you can get that broker on your side and you can pitch them what you're doing and dangle that care to future business. And once they become your ally, they will continue to bring you deals. And then once you do a deal with them, they will continue to bring you more deals and more deals, just like the house buying business, you know? Yeah, no I, I love that. That's, that's brilliant, honestly. You know, I know I'm more into like the residential or commercial, but multifamily space. So I'm not as familiar with what you were talking about with the self-storage metrics and analytics. Um, so I'm going to ask you in a few minutes how people can find you and learn more about that stuff because I know I'm interested in it and I'm, I'm interested in learning more of, about the stuff that you're talking about. But before I, before I do that, I want to introduce a new segment for our show. It's called Advice from Our Invest Guest. And I'm going to ask you three questions, right? And just a brief answer on each one. And this is really meant to try to get actionable advice to our listeners. So number one, what is one thing that people out there listening right now can do to get started into commercial real estate investing? So the first things first, you know, um, I would, I would tell everybody to seek the best, the best, the fastest and quickest, but the best information you possibly can to make sure that you're not chasing unicorns because unicorns don't exist. And it doesn't matter if you're doing residential or multifamily or self storage or whatever sector you're in. And I do all sectors of commercial. But long and short, you know, if, if you're seeking advice from someone that's broke, well, then chances are you're going to be broke too. You seek advice from proven tactics and strategies that actually work and they're proven and they're, they're, they're actually can prove that they've done things in a timely manner, like two closings last week, follow that advice. Yeah, good stuff. And that's actually kind of almost my second question, an answer to the second question, which is, if you were to do it all again, what's some advice that you could give people to not do, you know, that you've learned from the hard way that maybe people that are just getting started could bypass some of those mistakes. Can you, can you kind of give us one example of something to avoid? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. What to avoid. So um, avoid the, the long-term game, the uncertainty of the long-term game. Look, it looks amazing when someone's like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to bring all this capital in or however they're going to do it, whether it's family money or syndication or, or hard money, whatever they're going to do. And then they're going to reposition a property and they're going to keep it for this long-term strategy to, to acquire uh, appreciation, depreciation and cash flow. Like when I look at this and I've looked at some amazing projects and I've sold projects that are so amazing and they, they're in great locations, but I say that everything's for sale except the wife, the dog and the kid, right? Everything's for sale. So I'd rather take the money up front. I just sold a project, this amazing, amazing project in Tyler, Texas. I sold it, but the amount of money that I was going to make up front, it would have taken me four years to make. So my point being is the takeaway from that is if you're offered something up front, like think about it. Like if you can reap the reward now, like one in the hands better than two in the bush, long and short. All right. Good stuff. And then the last question, and uh, I think I have an idea where you're going to point us, but can you point to or give us one book out there that would help people learn more about this stuff? Right, right. So um, one point, obviously, um, you can check me out, but um, there, there's a lot of great trainers and mentors, man. I, I'm not going to just say that I'm the best and beat my chest and say that I'm the best, but I am saying that there's a lot of great information out there, but the, the broken mediocre systems, when you're looking at something and then you can YouTube it and you can watch and get the same content, that's not a great system. What it's all about is the support. It's about the heat of the moment, man. It's about when you're, when you're picking this thing up, this is your weapon. This is it. And you're picking this thing up and you're on the, you're on the call and you need the support of somebody that's got the, the wherewithal to, to, to connect the dots and to make it happen. And that's what it comes down to. And that's what I provide. So if people want to check me out, man, they can go to terryhale.com. Um, I have my podcast, which is Wealth by Design by Terry Hale. And um, I encourage people to get educated, invest in yourself. Um, anything that anybody ever invests with me, um, I'm, I'm a true trainer. I make sure that any penny somebody invests with me, meaning investing in themselves, they get that back 100% without a shadow of a doubt. As long as they do business, because it's not a charity event, I am looking for, uh, for, for limited partnerships. I do business with people. And again, I have um, an army of folks out there pounding the pavement and making things happen. And, um, and they can reach me at terryhill.com. Awesome. Good stuff. That's exactly where I was going. Uh, we're about to wind things down. So I was going to let, it, let you tell us where people can find more about you and how they can connect with you, terryhale.com. And um, I guess it's on, you're on Instagram as well. Can you tell us how people can find you on social media? Yeah. So we have uh, you know, all the social media channels. Um, they just look me up. They can either go to Wealth by Design or just check me out at the Terry Hill or Terry Hill. Um, and, and I'm not a hard guy to get in touch with. So um, I'm 100% connected with my people. I'm a relationship builder and I appreciate people uh, more, than, more than one could imagine because it, uh, it's about synergy. You know, one and one's not two, one and one's three. And that's how we do things around here. Awesome. Yeah, I think if there's a takeaway for all of our listeners out there, Terry, is a, he's a take action guy. Uh, he's creative. So he's doing things a little bit differently in a unique way that's making it work. Uh, and is very successful for him. And it sounds like it can be successful for you as well. But the takeaway I have is really to get out there and take action. And uh, you can start by visiting terryhale.com. And uh, that's about it for today, Terry. I'm going to let you go so you can catch the next set out there in, the, in that beautiful Pacific Ocean. But uh, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you ha coming on and hopefully we can get you back sometime.
Absolutely. I look forward to it, man. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Terry. All right, man. Thanks. And I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us again this week. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. I really enjoyed having uh, Terry on the show. And yeah, go check out his website, terryhale.com, and also his uh, podcast, Wealth by Design with Terry Hale. Um, I'm sure he's got a lot of great stuff there. And uh, yeah, if you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button. I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. And again, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. And go check out theinvestnest.com. Really trying to build up our audience. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying everything so far. Um, We want this community to grow. And you guys are all a big part of that. So thanks again for joining me. And yeah, this has been another episode of The Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. I'm your host, Travis Murphy, and I'll see you guys again next week. Thank you for joining us on the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show. Be sure to join the InvestNest.com and start learning and earning today.